podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for another uh, special edition of the podcast. We are doing a special edition series uh, around realignment that I started last week and I'm on episode two of and immediately regret because it's so much work, but I, I, I committed to something and I have no one to blame but myself, but here I am and I love it. Um, so what we're doing this bonus pods is we're going to go team by team of the remaining eight or the hateful eight or the whatever other bullshit term you want to use because you have to write it down in an article and look really clever and smart, blah, 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 blah. We're going to go team by team and look at um, what each team has to sell if they want to try and get into a power five conference in case this whole thing blows up like we think it might. Although I'm on the fence between it's going to blow up and they're all going to be forced to stick together because none of them going to have a landing spot. We started with Oklahoma State last week. We are going to continue with our second sell me on. And today's sell me on is sell me on Iowa State. And I'm not sure there's a bigger homer I could bring on here. I say that with complete jest and in total honesty uh, than Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Landy Lights. Uh, Levi, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, you're sober, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go tonight because I'm not used to you always being sober here on my podcast. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I will drink for you. I think maybe one, maybe two. We'll see. Yeah, it's been we'll a long. See, we'll see what happens. Maybe I, maybe I suck as a sober podcaster. Who knows? <laughs> Thank you for experimenting on our show. That's good. Uh, Levi. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it on my own show. I'm gonna use you guys as the meat shield. <laughs> the meat shield. We are currently the Texans to your Oklahoma. That's 100 accurate. Yes. Um, imagine being Texas right now and being everybody's. Like and or not or finding out that you're everybody's like not knowing that you're everybody's, but then finding out that that's exactly what you are. But that would assume that the Texas and Texas fans believe that that's actually the case, and not that oh, they, they are actually leading this charge. They don't. It's but it's a are. it's a masterstroke to to make the person who is being your meat shield not think that they are being your meat shield and be very proud of being as such. Anyways, um, we I we digress. 
Levi, let's talk about Iowa State. Um, you know, a lot of the rumors obviously focus on on the Big Ten as far as if if things go to uh, where does Iowa State land end up? It makes sense geographically, built in uh, rivalry with with Iowa. Obviously, um, all those things are great, but at the end of the day. I mean, I think all the eight schools kind of have a similar situation of like they have good, it makes sense in different places. But explain to me, first off, where is the Big Ten where you think Iowa State should be? And why do you think the Big Ten should take Iowa State? Um, so the Big Ten thing, I know some people have reported that the Big Ten's like shut it down. But the the news kind of took a lot of people off guard. Apparently, Bob Bulls be leading that charge. But um, you know, it, it took a lot of people off guard, including the Big Ten. And if everyone thought that the Big Ten was going to make a, a massive decision, like adding to the conference in like three days, I mean, that's that's just not going to happen. I mean, what? Let's, be, let's be realistic. I mean, what? But like, the SEC literally decided to add Oklahoma and Texas within just like a week, man. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Within a yeah, seven-day yeah. period. Um, so, I mean, the the fact that Kirk Bowles reported that the Big Ten's not looking for anybody. I don't give a, f- I don't give a shit what he says. I don't have to anymore. Um, you could have made me bleep. You can. There's post production, man. Figure it out. Um, this is not my. I don't even. This is not my problem. Go off. Go off. Um, <laughs> um. So, I think I. I don't think that I really don't think that conversation is done. I. I I don't think that's done. I think the Big Ten is going to end up realizing that they need to expand, and they're going to realize that Notre Dame probably isn't interested, and they're going to they're going to realize that Clemson is locked in until twenty thirty six. They ain't going anywhere. Uh, maybe twenty thirty four when the buyout is smaller, but like they're not going anywhere. And the Big Ten, I mean, if you can't get one of those blue bloods, the true blue blue bloods like those those schools, I mean, Iowa State has got to be pretty far up shopping list i mean geographically makes a ton of sense because right now cyhawk is it's kind of fun it's in september which is kind of an odd time for a rivalry game it's a non-conference so eat the non-conference slot and you know whatever and it's just kind of it's fun for a weekend and then it's done and it's over with and we don't really worry about it too much for the rest of the year but you can move that in conference and now all of a sudden it's a conference game that matters it's probably it's probably mattering at the top of the division that cyhawk is worth is where is instantly worth twice as much as much as it is. It's, it you can automatically probably at least add fifty percent of the viewers to it, right off the bat, because now it's just not now it's not just Cyhawk where it's just a goofy rivalry matchup in September. Now it means something, and it probably will mean and it's and it's not just a conference game, but probably a conference game for teams at the top of the division, um, or near the top of the division with Wisconsin. Um, so it instantly becomes way more valuable. And honestly, one of the better rivalries in the conference, you could probably make an argument that it's the second best rivalry in the conference after Ohio state, Michigan, and you're a, a natural, natural rival, natural geographic partners and rivals with Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, all those Iowa state has history with basically all of those schools. Um, and except for, I guess, kind of, the only connection with Wisconsin is Jamie Pollard, I guess, but not on, but on the field, I would say it has connections with basically all the other schools. Um, and um, it, it mean, it, the, and we know that, that we do know as much as everybody will tell you that the, that academics don't matter at all. They actually do matter to the big 10. The big 10 legitimately cares about academics. It does matter to the big 10. And the fact that Iowa state is an AU school, a tier one research school is a big deal. 
it opens up that avenue where the Big Ten would consider them, uh, as opposed to someone uh, something like a Kansas State or I don't know what Oklahoma. I mean, I know Oklahoma State's not an AAU school, but I, from what I've heard is that they 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 probably could be if they they had to, they'd have to meet a couple little requirements. They have to actually go through the process of it. But it sounds like they maybe could be like if the Big Ten could put them like say you have to be AAU within five years or something like that. Maybe you know other than that. But like as of right now. Iowa State and Kansas have the most options available to them because of the AAU status, because the Big Ten actually does care about academics, and anybody that tells you they don't is talking out their ass because they're not accurate. Everything the Big Ten tells you and everything that they've done says they care about academics. So Iowa State has the academic profile. It has the geographic profile. It is the, of the, of the remaining eight schools, it is the second biggest draw in the conference for streams outside of Oklahoma State. If you look at the Fiesta Bowl last year, the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl with Oregon, almost it uh, was almost like a million and a half or two million views ahead of Oklahoma's game, bowl game against Florida. It outdrew Oklahoma, Florida by like two million. Like, I mean, so don't tell me nobody wants to watch Iowa State. Nobody wants to. Don't tell me nobody wants to watch Matt Campbell or wants to watch Iowa, Iowa State in prime time on a, in, in a conference game. Don't tell me that because it's not accurate. They draw people. There's there's just, there's not historical football success. But as you kind of alluded to, they're kind of on that trajectory similar to what Oklahoma State was, where it's projectable right now, where you can say Iowa State probably, they look like they're going to be there for a while. They're going to be competitive for a while. And they, they can compete at the top of the division with Wisconsin almost immediately. So you add that, all that, and you know, compared to football, it's really small potatoes. But Iowa State does have a, historically a good basketball program, and it should be on its way. It should be quickly back on its way up starting this, this season. Um, with and the season after that with what TJ Otzberger has been able to put together. But then you have Hilton Coliseum, which is, you know, if you ask Fran for Shilly, it's one B for the best arena in college basketball um, after Allen Fieldhouse. And uh, it's got right there. It's got Jamie Pollard is widely respected in, in college athletics. He's one of like, I, I think I saw it was at the athletic maybe said that he was like of current, like of current athletic directors in the FBS right now, he would be like on the Mount Rushmore is how he, how he described it. I did, I didn't know Jamie Pollard was in that kind of status with his peers, but uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. And he, he's on the NCAA selection committee and all this. So he's got uh, relationships around. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to like about the big, about Iowa state in the big 10. It makes a ton of sense. It probably makes more sense for Iowa state than the big 12 did shorter road trips. You can, Iowa state fans will travel to every single road game um, except for, I guess maybe Rutgers and Maryland, but they wouldn't be in the in that division. Um, it just makes, it makes a ton of sense. Um, so if it can't be the big 10, the PAC 12 would be obviously your second choice and PAC 12. It's not nearly as good a fit as the big 10, but it's not a terrible option. You've got uh, Colorado, especially if the, at the, at the PAC 12 decides to add some old big 12 teams, like grab Oklahoma state, grab uh, TCU or sorry, Texas tech and grab TCU. You have those four to pair with Iowa state and then Colorado, you have kind of an old big 12 division. Um, and you uh, and maybe Utah or one of your, in the Arizona schools or whatever. Um, the the, geogra- the geography isn't horrible. Um, that's another Iowa State can probably immediately, and Oklahoma State and actually, and kind of TCU can immediately compete at the top of that conference. Um, you expand for them, you expand into the central time zone, which you don't have right now. So you have games in a normal, you have games at a normal hour. Because I know we, we talked about this a little bit. Like I can't, the, the Pac-12 after dark meme, like, People, people like say, "Oh, Pac-12 after dark." They're making fun of it. Like, let's be real. Let's let's be completely honest. Pac, like saying, "Like, ah, oh, Pac-12 after dark," or Maxion. Those are 
They're making fun. It's it's meme culture. It's a meme culture thing. Hold up. I do not make fun of action. Action is awesome. Just like the fun belt. Most people don't. That's not how most people treat it. That's fair. Uh, like Pac-12 after dark is not something that like that the Pac-12 is proud of. They're not proud of the fact that they have to have games finishing at like 1 a.m. because they're so far behind everybody. All of a sudden, you have USC playing, I don't know, playing in Stillwater in, against Oklahoma State, and they're playing at a normal time, you know, and, not, you know, they're, they're kicking off at 7 o'clock Central Time, which is a normal time for everybody else, or, or earlier in the afternoon or whatever, and anybody can watch them. You're more visible because the Central Time Zone is also accessible to the Eastern Time Zone. Western, the Pacific Time Zone is not accessible to the Eastern Time Zone. No. And well, hold on. We the, talked about, I talked about this with Andy on our, on our OSU podcast, and it's like, yeah. The Pac-12 not adding four teams makes no sense. You've got a network that can't get eyeballs. You make th- 13 cents per subscriber, which is nothing. It's floundering. It's floundering. And adding teams in the in the central time zone literally would make you the first conference who could be on for four time zones a day. So we can make fun of Pac-12 after dark, but you could be on at 11, 237, and at night. So for those on the West Coast who do watch those games, so you make sure that your your Pac-12 after dark games or your Washington State versus UCLA, whatever yeah. teams on that time zone makes sense. But you could yeah, be Washington on, State, Oregon State, slap them there at a, at you know whatever seven p.m. Perfect. kickoff in Pacific time zone. Fine. But now you could be on literally at all four times, like in the four times of the day that college football is being played. You could have a conference game on. It makes so much sense. Now, look, I, I get it. They've got to sell whatever they got to sell because they do their own thing, yada, 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 yada. And we'll figure that out. But Well, and the problem here is that we found out that that calculus is, is a bunch of <laughs> Like, we, we found it's, it's it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, and it's all corrupt. We, we found that out, that the calculus that goes into what teams are worth, it, it means nothing. All right. Let's let's divert from Iowa State for a second because I want you to get into this because this is I absolutely the, the, get the narrative this. that's being sold. And look, I love the athletic. I subscribe. We'll continue to subscribe. We'll read all tons of stuff that they put out. They do an amazing job. They are the best collection of college sports writers that you will find anywhere. And when people are like, I'm not going to spend a dollar. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? If you can get it for a dollar, you're an idiot. If you don't. Um, the athletic's good. I like the athletic. I, I, I don't pay for a lot of pay, like paywall sites, but I, I like the athletic, even though they don't actually have an Iowa state writer. I, I still really like it. They only they have an OU. And they have an OU writer. They have a guy that covers the state of Texas in in, uh, in Con, and they have Max Olson who covers kind of the Big Twelve. That's kind of how they sure. treat the Big Twelve. But they have a, a habit of pushing certain narratives that they want to because they do have to generate clicks. Like their entire business model Absolutely. is built on they have to generate clicks, and I get it. And Andy Staples has said as much, and it's fine. I like Andy Staples; it's cool. The U.S. just win. The U.S. just scored in the 116th minute. They just put a header in the back of the net. That'll do it. For the Gold Cup final. That'll do. That'll do, Pig. That'll do. Um, Let's go. But people keep pushing these numbers, and we talked about this with, with Adam as well. Like The Big 12 teams outside of OU and Texas are only worth like $9 million apiece. And it's like two problems with this. That's not accurate. I know. Hold on. So forget the fact that if you actually take them out individually, which if you believe the Big 12 is going to fold is how you should actually do it. And, and the problem is that you're allowing Kansas to drag everything down. Are you referencing Stuart Mandel's article from last week? Everyone's referencing Stuart oh, Mandel's article, which is complete bad. garbage. Garbage. Complete, utter garbage. And I understand we're biased as a Big 12 podcast. That's fine. We are biased. But also it's it's bad math. But also we can do math. We can do math. And that's that's the great part about having a bunch of ag and engineering schools in your conference is we can do math a little bit. So a little bit. so go off. Bit. go off go on. 
it's okay. So, so Stuart Mandel's analysis here, he, all he did was he averaged the non-big, he averaged the other eight in all games, again, not including OU in Texas. Forever. And he just said, well, this is the average. Okay. Well, the problem here is that you're, you have outliers. Oklahoma State is like double or triple the viewership of, of Kansas. Even Iowa State is double the viewership of Kansas or Baylor or TCU. Like, it's not even close. There are, there are two tiers of, of viewership in, in the Big 12. It is, Iowa, it is Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Kansas State. And then there's another tier that is Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, and um, Kansas. <laughs> I got distracted by a tweet for a second. Sorry. So the fourth team, Kansas. Uh, so, I mean, like, they're, they're two very different tiers. And Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Kansas State and West Virginia, they draw TV viewerships that are relatively on par with, like, the middle tier of the SEC or the, you know, the middle to the middle to just below middle tier of the SEC. Like, they, they draw plenty of numbers. And, like, that – oh, that article pissed me off because it, it's bad math. It's someone that just wanted – they wanted – he wanted – provide what he thought was a good statistical analysis and got really lazy about it. He just didn't do his homework. He didn't, he didn't account for, he didn't, he didn't separate it out by individual school. He didn't do anything. He didn't do any of the required homework that you need to do to have a good number to actually write about, but they're going to parade this around as fact as though the big 12 is a, is a bunch of, is a bunch of YMCA teams, a bunch of YMCA flag football teams that are like, they should be blessed, but they should, they should be kneeling to the great media gods in the sky to be even in the newspaper. It's like, it's, it's a bunch of garbage. And he's doing, I'm sorry. He's doing Fox and ESPN's work for them is what he he's absolutely doing. is. And he, it's funny thing is he got, he got, because you know, that whole site exists because ESPN laid off a bunch of people. That's the only reason that site exists. And what are they doing? They're doing the work for ESPN. I mean, genuinely, I, I, I could not, I cannot for the life of me understand their obsession with that. And so the article really upset me because this whole thing with ESPN is that when they got going, when we found out that they've been working with OU in Texas, we found all this out and we, and we found out that they were working behind the scenes. We found out that they were working with the American Athletic Conference to specifically undermine the Big 12. And when we found that out, all of this becomes a bunch of garbage. It, like, because now you can't take any nothing that comes out of ESPN you can take seriously. Because you know what's been happening on Twitter over the last over the last week or so is people have been pulling clips from different shows and different and different tweets from different people and saying, "Well, we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, guarantee champions or we should we shouldn't li-, like Greg McElroy saying we shouldn't limit playoff participants by conference because that's unfair to conferences that really earn and have the good teams." Well, the problem is, is when you have the SEC that is being pimped by ESPN saying, well, the only teams that actually play football in this country are in the SEC. You can, you can drive your own narrative. You can put whatever teams you want in there. And that's what happened after, two, was it 2008, I think was the last time that it was, that it was the national championship game that an undefeated SEC team was left out. And, they, and, and uh, ESPN had just required, acquired the rights to broadcast SEC games. Well, the problem, well, they can't, they can't, they, they, they can't, you know, let that happen. They have to make sure that their property is valuable. So back then the SEC was another conference. The big 12 was comp was a good conference. The SEC was a good conference. They had this, there was, there was no like, Oh, this one is clearly better than everybody else. But ESPN decided, well, we need to make sure our, our product is valuable. We need to make sure it's always in the title game. So what do you do? You create this narrative that SEC is just bigger, faster, better, 
everything than everybody else. It's just better because it exists and because we say it is. And the problem, and when you have BS narratives, that's one thing. But the problem is that narrative has been going on for so long, for a decade, is that it, it has actually, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. When you, tell, when you tell everybody that this conference is so much better than everybody else, all of a sudden, the kids that grew up hearing that, well, they're going to college now. So now they hear, well, the only schools that are worthwhile even, even looking at are in the SEC. So now you say, you all you'd have to do is tell people that there is a gap between the SEC and every other conference until there actually is. You could, They created a gap in college football where the SEC teams are loading up on huge recruiting classes with tons of five stars. And they're like, you get like SEC and then like Ohio State gets a few, Penn State gets a couple, and Texas gets a few, and Oklahoma gets a few. But otherwise, it's just the SEC. Well, now they're in the SEC, so here we go. Uh, you know, now, now, and the and the and the world keeps spinning round and round, and it, it blows my mind. Because you see Greg McElroy say, "Well, it's unfair to the, to the conferences that actually have all the good teams." Well, they're only that way because you told everybody else for a decade that they are better than everybody else when it was bullshit. It was never true. It never was, and it never has been. But now it is because you actually have changed the perception so much. There's about a five-year stretch where it was the best conference. Now, the, pro- the, the probably thing that and worked that's, out that's for ESPN in all of that is Nick Saban going to Alabama and creating right, being right. the greatest so, college football coach of all time and building yeah. the greatest program. Well, well in, in that convenience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you have all this. So there, and that's not to say that that's not to say at all that the, the best team in the SEC isn't the best in the country that's certainly not the case i mean obviously alabama teams have been good for a decade They've, alabama's yes. been the best team in the country every year for the last decade no matter who no matter if they win the title or not except for they when edo probably called the devil sold his soul and got one Ex- year except for except for 2019 that lsu team was was legitimately the he best didn't call team. devil he used uh some sort of louisiana <laughs> voodoo <laughs> Are you a Big 12 basketball-obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So we've, we've got a bit off topic. Let's let's defer back to Iowa State. Yeah. Um, okay, anyways. So looking at the site. The whole thing drives me crazy. I, know. I Just like it's... Ugh. People are going to say that's conspiracy theories and like, no, that's just really smart it's people not. who've been planning this stuff for years. Um, it was a conspiracy theory last year, but we found out, oh, by the way, it's not. It's all real. Well, all and, of this and, is and real. it fits into the whole like, now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of we're going to have a Champions League. Like That's where the football is going. The Knights report, yeah. this is where all this is going. Well, yeah, ESPN's been telling us that. The Athletic's been telling us that. Well, guess what? It is coming now. Um, now yeah, yeah, it is because we created it. Now, I have some real questions about how that's going to work. But I don't want to even yeah. try and. Min- I think that's a good that. way to kill college football. I think it's a really good way to kill college football. I think it's a really good way for college football to go back fifty years and become an incredible, and to have most of the teams becoming incredibly regional and just having a few national brands that don't really generate the revenue people think they do because it, it's college. It's not the same. It, I do not believe college football brands will ever be the same as an NFL team. 
It's not no. going to be the same. It's never going to. It's going to be minor league. And guess what? People don't give two shits about minor, minor league, league. F- baseball. Doesn't do anything. No, no, no. Like, don't you? No, they have the, back it up. Do not, do not ever besmirch the name of minor league baseball. In minor my league presence. baseball is cool. They have interesting numbers, and they have the future games, future stars. For number for viewers, they don't do anything. No, that's Nobody fine. Cares about I don't care about baseball. numbers. I care about the the national treasure of teams named like sod poodles. I'm, and I'm all in on the goose. And amazing. I'm all in the goofy names. Okay. Like the biscuits, the jumbo shrimp, oh, the, the trash pandas. Biscuits I'm all are my favorite it. thing in the world. Oh, and even like, anyways, we're getting way, way off anyways, topic. Okay. Anyways, the point, the point though, is that minor leagues, nobody gives a shit about minor leagues because that's not what they want to watch. They want to watch the major league. They want to watch the good players. The Nobody's argument will be watch a minor league. The, the argument league. will be, well, we're going to have all the, the five stars before they get, yes, exactly. It's going to be the G league. It's going to suck. But then all this is going to go regional. Anyways. Okay. Um, Iowa state. Let's talk Cyclones. <laughs> I get all the points for the Big Ten, and and my at this point I I'm at this point where things are quiet, and the reason they're quiet is because, and I'm going to say this with the utmost respect to both Iowa State and of course my own Oklahoma State Cowboys and the rest of the eight teams left over. If you're the Big Ten, the SEC just had Oklahoma and Texas, adding Iowa State and Oklahoma State or Iowa State and Kansas or whatever you want to do does not. The same thing. It does not put. It does not get you back to that level. And the Big Ten, from a financial standpoint, it's fine. Like they went from yeah. going to get the biggest contract to they might get the second biggest, and they might be a little bit behind the SEC. But if you want to try and keep ahead of the SEC, adding Iowa State and Oklahoma State, I don't think is going to move the needle enough. Now maybe it does because it's Fox, and they're like, yeah, okay, we'll pay you a ton of money. So what I what I think is going to happen is you're going to see the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12 all start talking. And figuring out who can make what moves. Can we? Can we? Can the Big Ten go in and raid the ACC? It's going to be really hard because the ESPN contract that goes to twenty thirty four, which is a terrible contract. Can the ACC raid the Big Ten? I don't think so because the Big Ten teams are way too well. Like, yeah, no. Most of the conferences are like very simpatico and in unison. The Big Twelve is the one that has the turmoil because of Texas. But they're all going to try. They're going to feel each other out, figure out what they can do. The question does, do they reach a point after they realize, okay, Big Ten can't take from the ACC, ACC can't take from the Big Ten, Pac, this Big Ten Pac-12 scheduling thing that they keep talking about all the time, which kind of makes sense, but also doesn't kind of make sense. Is that enough to move the needle to make more TV money where we stay on par? Um, do they reach a point where they come back around and say, nah, we're good, we're going to stay where we are because we can't add what we need to add? Or do they go, okay, well, we need to just go ahead and add for the sake of adding, and these teams add the most value. Can we go ahead and bring them on? Because I think at this point, every Big 12 team has reached out to the different conferences to let to, to have a conversation. And when I say reach out to the conference, I don't mean they're sitting there with a the conference commissioner in a meeting somewhere in a boardroom having a conversation. They've reached out to a school they have connections with. They've talked. Those, those schools have gone on behalf of them to the conference. Words have been shared. Things have been thought. And, and right now there's a holding pattern. Because none of these schools are the brand that Oklahoma and Texas are. And I'm not like, if you're mad about that, I don't fact, know what to tell you. Man, it's just what it is. It yeah. is what it is. It's the reality. Like, you just deal with it. Um, we're in a holding pattern because everyone's trying to figure a lot of things out because it's been going on for a week in Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC have been working on what they've been working on for a year. So nothing's going to happen in the next month or two months or three months or really even probably during the football season. We probably won't hear anything until January at the earliest if anything's going to happen. So with that in mind, I'm really curious your standpoint, like, Let's say the Big Ten is like, now nah, we're good. We're, we're going to stand pat. We've talked about the Pac-12, and that makes sense if they add four teams. But like, what? Where? Where do you think Iowa State stands from there? Like, my concern at this point, and I seriously sit on the edge of a knife between 
The other conferences are going to be spending. The Pac-12 has to. They have to. They have to. They have to. They have to. They really, really, really should or they're stupid. What, I mean, what or, are the odds that neither the Big Ten or the Pac-12 expands? It feels like zero, right? Like, like I, one, I don't one of them is going to expand. I don't think it's zero. I don't think it's zero. Maybe not, maybe not this, maybe not this month, maybe not in six months, but in the next year or two, in the one next, of them is in the next to. five years. Yes. One of them has to, but, one of them has to, uh, but I, again, I, I don't, the big 10 doesn't have money. The big 10 going to make enough money from Fox because yes, the SEC is ESPN's flagship. Big 10 is Fox's flagship. They're going to make sure they pay them and have them like uh, that is the, that's the thing. And then the ESPN has ACC as their cheap secondary. The Pac-12 is kind of partially on Fox, partially on ESPN. Bob's getting bent over a barrel. The, big, the Pac-12 is the same issue. You know, the ACC, God, that contract is so bad. The worst contract in college sports history. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, for all the people talking about this school or this school, the ACC, I don't think ESPN is going to allow the ACC to add anybody. Like They're not all. going. That conference is dead stuck for 15 years they're and done you want to know the next wave of realignment is it's when espn's contract with the acc comes up and the sec goes in and takes clemson and florida clemson. state miami and however many other schools they want to take from the acc and the acc implodes they're mm-hmm. next they're next I, I i firmly believe that this whole shit is coming down in like 15 years 15 20 years like i mean, this, I mean it's be- already it's already not going to be the sport that we always that we know and love starting yeah. next year it's going to be different Here's my problem. The idea of this like Premier League idea that separates itself off. There's still going to be conferences in there because we just went through COVID and the conferences could not agree. You 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 had such completely different mindsets within institutions and conferences and things. There's no way in hell that 34 teams or 34, I'm sorry, 34 schools are all in unison and separate and do their own thing. There's no way that happens. There's too, that's too many individual egos in one space. It's not individually owned teams where a bunch of rich guys all go, you know how we really want to get rich. And you've got two primary networks between Fox and ESPN fighting and owning these things. I just, maybe that happens. Something will happen. Some separation. The, the most bonker things with all these crazy money, all this crazy money that's coming up in college football contracts. ESPN has been bleeding employees for a month, for a year. They just went through COVID, and they're like the re, there's a there's a lot of reason to believe that the big that that um, ESPN wanted to undermine the Big Twelve because they were going to send Texas and OU to the SEC to get them more to make more money off of them to then take the other eight get them for the cheap on in the AAC, which is why they're working with the American Athletic Conference because then you can just get a whole bunch of Big Twelve teams for about a quarter, about twenty for about seventy five percent off. Yep, and then you can dissolve that conference. You don't have to pay any buyouts. Well, that's a quick way to save about a half a billion dollars. Oh, you know, easy a year, a year over the next like half a billion a year. Yes, half a billion years. years. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, like there, <laughs> and the problem, and, and then you go beyond that too. If if Iowa State or Oklahoma State or whatever lose their Power Five status to go to G five and make the G five money and they have G five opponents. That's bad. That's not just for the school. That's that's bad for the communities of Ames and Stillwater and Manhattan. Yes. Like it's it's bad, very bad. So it's not just it's not just the football team. It's not just the athletic program. It's not just the university that suffers from this. It is it is communities that like so I mean ESPN is basically trying to take all of their losses from bad TV contracts and from from declining uh, declining viewership numbers, part of it's due to COVID, whatever, all this. They're trying to take all their losses and push it off on the taxpayers indirectly via schools 
declining and athletic programs going down and communities declining. They're taking their losses and they're pawning it off on the taxpayers. It's, it's gross. Welcome to the American economy. It's like, filthy. Who like, tell me about the American economy and it's great. Like, like welcome to the American economy. I'm not, I'm not going to get on board with you there, but that's a hundred percent different conversation. Yeah. So we're not going to go there. We're but not, <laughs> We're not going to go there. Um, here, here, okay. So let's go this. Let's go this direction. Um. I don't think ACC is an option for anybody. Anybody who says no, they are, no. I don't buy it. It's, a, it's no, between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because the Big Ten is with Fox and the Pac-12 is with kind of both. Right. And they've got a yep. network that they own that they've got to figure out and they can't make the dollars off. Third, Adam Lund brought this up in our last episode. I think ESPN makes like seven fifty per person. The Pac-12 makes $0.13 cents per subscriber. Think about the variance there. Um, let's say neither one does. I don't, I don't think it's 0% that neither one does. Um I think it's really small. I think it's a better chance Pac-12 does because they, they're almost in a better position to be the only own network to do something. And I also think they're the one conference where everybody's like, the Big Ten should go Staples or whoever again. The Big Ten should go yeah, raid they, the Pac-12 for teams. I'm go like, raid the Pac-12. Again, do you know it is a 17-hour drive from Gainesville, Florida to Norman, Oklahoma. It's a 41-hour mm-hmm. drive from Eugene, Oregon to Penn State. And I didn't even do to Rutgers because I forgot Rutgers was in that conference and no one gives a shit about Rutgers. It was literally the that other side of the makes I mean, no <laughs> freaking sense. It doesn't. Like, make, I mean, you can tell me, like, we act like travel doesn't cost anything. Well, they're going to have so much money. It, they're not making in it. They're never going to make NFL money. They're never going to make NFL money. The Pac-12 never gonna make still NFL exists. Money. Like, the Pac-12 still exists because even making not any money. Because it's on the West Coast and yes. nobody else is out there. Yes. And like they have to be out there because there's the Rocky Mountains are in between us and them and the rest of the country. And and like you can't just go just grab USC and tell them to go play fucking and go fly go fly to New Jersey or fly to College Park, Maryland just for funsies. Yes. Like that's not how this works. There will not be like four you, power five conferences. There will not be four power conferences. There will be three. Because the yeah, West Coast yeah, it, it will be the West Coast, the Big Ten North and the SEC and whatever they take. That's it. There's, the ACC yeah, will I mean, not be a power conference. Yeah, and that's which is so, I mean, sad. That, I'm sorry, that's sad. That's sad. Well, this whole thing is terrible for college. It's it's brutal for college football. It's awful. Like I mean, all you're doing. I mean, yeah. part of the fun, the part of the, what makes college football great is all the is all the all of the different personalities in the school. It's the patriot culture, the tradition, all the of regional this. rivalries, the regional rivalries, like, to. all of it, like. All of the things that we love about college football are getting absolutely shit on by this whole thing. Like, like the like, almighty dollar. Well, it, and that's not even really it. I think it's a misunderstanding of where the dollar comes from. I think it's, I think they, they think that all of this money is driven by brands. Well, well, you could also say, well, where did brands come from? Why are brands important? Why is it, why is Oklahoma a significant brand? Because they played in the Big 12 for a long time. They played against Nebraska for a long time, against Texas, against Texas A&M for a they long time. And they had success against good schools that people care about. TCU's had success for a long time. Boise State had success for a long time. Why is Oklahoma's success more important? Why is it better than Boise State's success? Because they played better teams. They played. They had cool regional rivalries that people wanted to watch. Because they could Lots win of people watched them. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, because they could win the whole thing. Okay. Because but people – here, here's the deal. It's because people who – I'm going to put this way. National brands are brands for schools. People, how many people can you get who didn't go to school here to care about this team? That's 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 what a, what people misunderstand between right. like the difference between NFL and college. A national brand in college, which Ohio State has built themselves into beautifully and brilliantly, 
is how many people who didn't go to Ohio State can we latch on to Ohio State? How many people who are like, I just want to be a fan of a winner? Absolutely. Because they're not winners. And I mean that nicely. Mm -hmm. They're not. Want to just be able to root for something that makes them feel better about themselves. That's what they latch on to. So they've had access to a national championship. They've won national championships. Yes. Yeah. That's it. People like cheering for a winning team. That's what they, that's it. And, and, but when you, but like you can cheer for Boise state or TCU or whatever it is, a winning team for a long time. But why do, why is that winning team less fun to cheer for than Ohio state's winning team? Because Ohio state plays people, plays other teams that are really interesting, they play cool geographic rivalries. They, they have people that come together. And when you have, I don't know, the pro, you know, Michigan and Ohio state for a long time, those are, it's a good regional rivalry. There's a lot of things that they're two well-populated States, all this, it comes down like the regional rivalries even still originally fueled the brands. So all of this comes like the, the brands exist because college football is cool or it was, and it was, and it is, or was fun. Like the brands are, are that way because of the way college football is like, you can't, you can't suck the lifeblood out of college football and expect all of that stuff to be just as valuable as, as it was before. I think that's the misunderstanding of where the, where the money comes from, that why people watch college football. People watch college football because it's, it's interesting. Like they, don't, like it's, they don't watch college football because they think they're going to see the most elite players every single weekend and all this. Well, no, well, that's why ESPN tells everybody they should watch the SEC because it's basically the NFL anyways. Yeah. But uh, whatever. You can but, only sell enough. What's going to be really funny is you can only sell a narrative so far. Mm-hmm. We see it in politics. Yep. We see it in everything. You can only sell a narrative so far because people just don't care. Um, okay, let's let's stop. Absolutely. I've, um, we can keep going forever, man. <laughs> I know, and I, we got to stop. Let's let's pull back. Um, okay. For Iowa State, pull the parachute. Oh shit, we were talking about Iowa State in this podcast. Yeah, we? I know. <laughs> I try to keep it specific to school, but whatever. I got I got two questions. I don't want to go too much longer. Um, yeah. Number one, for Iowa State. Nobody expands. Everybody holds fault, stay, stays whole because sure. basically TV networks say it will cost you money to add these ten, these eight teams, which is my fear. Because that that's my biggest fear is it's gonna it's gonna cost you money. You you it's more it's less money per school, and then they'll go no thank you. Um, and the big the 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 big eight or whatever we want to call it have to hold together. What does that mean for Iowa State? Disaster. I mean. To put it simply, it's a disaster because right now, Iowa State is at a very unstable. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say very unstable, but it's a little bit of an unstable equilibrium. Where if you play your cards right, you keep winning football games, you keep you keep uh, expanding. Because we talking about there was a, it was a big story last year, especially, but it's still getting it's still important now, especially now going forward. Is something that they can sell as another thing they can sell with the school to a conference. Is this is this uh, this Ames Power and Light District, or the, the you know un, unofficially nicknamed the Pollard and Light District, which is basically <laughs> this big, huge arts and culture and entertainment district that would be built between Hilt Coliseum and Jack Trice, so right in the middle of the tailgate lots, basically, and it would it would actually add tailgating space, plus add all these different restaurants and bars and all sorts of different things. Like it's just an incredibly cool project, and it would and it would just make I would say the game day atmosphere just incredible. Um, it, it, it already is really good, but I mean, there's just, just 10, 25,000 cherries on top. Um, you have all that and that's still going forward, no matter what, but you have Matt Campbell and you have a good football program. You have 
a you have a, an athletic depro- athletic department that has more momentum now than it ever has. I mean, I would say it's in a, in a better position now as an as an athletic program than it has been ever. And if you can, if you all of a sudden just take the money away, and I would say it has to go down to fifteen million a year, whatever it is. That's it's twenty million dollars a year. It's basically like having COVID every year. That's just not sustainable. And what I, what does that mean for Iowa State? I mean, it, you can't pay coaches as much. You can't build facilities. You can't do. You can't keep improving the program. You can't renovate the stadium. You can't do all sorts of stuff. And it really depressing to think about because it like everything that I would say it's done in under Matt Campbell uh, the last five ten you know last five even just say under Jamie Pollard the last twenty years. Because I would say it has grown tremendously over the last 20 years. And the football program specifically has really just been the last like five to 10. But uh, even, when, even when Paul Rose was here and they were bad, the attendance kept going up and attendance is still going up. It's, I would say it is one of the few schools in the country that is bucking the trend, is bucking the attendance trend, where we're selling more season tickets and more people are going to the games rather than going down like everybody else is seeing. Um, and that was done through the careful leadership of Jamie Pollard and all that. All of that can come crashing down if you have to lose $20 million every year. Can you hang on to Matt Campbell? I don't know. The guy doesn't seem to give a shit about money, but I mean, there's I, nobody cared. Nobody doesn't care about money, but he may just care about it a lot less than other people. Um, can you, I mean, you can't just expect to hang on to him. If you like, you can't say, well, Matt, we're going to, you know, I know you're making four and a half right now, but we're going to have to cut it down to about two or, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't just, not pay people does iowa state does it does iowa state lose matt campbell because we're not in like the big 12 we, you know, we're in some weird big 12 aac frankenstein like is that like is that enough to keep matt campbell around if matt campbell leaves can iowa state can out can jamie pull another rabbit out of his hat and find a good other good coach to keep it going i don't know maybe he's done it before but can he do it again i don't know but well, and and if you do can you retain them or are they going to get poached yeah, exactly. away to somebody else? Right. Now, fortunately, the the, the way this kind of all works is that the, Matt Campbell's kind of coaching free, whatever, like Nate Schielhaas and Dion Broomfield, below these really young, good, these really good young positional coaches have a future. So, like, if Matt Campbell were to leave, like, a guy like Nate Schielhaas or Tom Manning would be an easy one to just say these guys can put it together. And they would obviously be under the Matt Campbell coaching tree. So, it theoretically, you have a fairly seamless transition there. But whatever. That's, that's hypothetical for way down the line. But it, if that all happens and this comes kind of crashing down, this becomes very, very scary for Iowa State um, because you can lose everything. Everything that you – all the growth that you've had over the last 20 years, it can be gone just like that. Now, you're not – obviously, you don't lose the facilities and you don't lose all that. But stuff gets put on hold. You know, I, Hilton Coliseum is, due, is, is currently – it's scheduled to start reno, like a massive renovation – uh, I think it's next winter or like after next season, it starts, I think either after this season or next season, but it's getting like, they're putting a big, they're putting a bunch of glass around the outside to expand the concourse. And it's going to, it's look, it looks, it's gorgeous. It, the, the renderings are beautiful and it looks, it, it, it'll make Hilton Coliseum incredible. It won't look like a Soviet missile bunker anymore uh, from the outside. And all of that could go away. And that would be soul crushing. I mean, I would, I would still be a, I would, I would never not cheer for Iowa State. I'd never watch, not watch games. I would still be a season ticket holder. I'd still be tailgating my ass off. I'd still do podcasts. 
would I would wide right natty like go away? Maybe. I don't know. Would Espionation drop us if we just went down to a G5 school? I mean, our graphic is fine, but you know, like, I mean, do they want to hang on to a dedicated site for a G5 school? I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, I mean, that's everybody. It's everybody left. Yeah. You know, as an yeah, Oklahoma State fan, can they sustain the success of softball? Can they sustain the success? Like the other sports are going to suffer significantly because yeah, mm-hmm. football makes all the money and, and, and spends most of it, but you're going to have to pull from everything. Like it's not just football. Who's going to right, take now. right. And Iowa state right now is um, at basically at the minimum or, or just above the minimum number of sports you required to sponsor to be FBS or division one. Like, like if they cut budget, like, and that's the way a lot of the big 12 schools are where they just, they got enough to make the cut and they got enough to comply with, with title nine. And that's, that's about it. Where they're like, there's not a lot of schools that have field hockey and rowing. I think Kansas state is rowing, but like, you know, they don't have, they don't have kind of the, a lot of the, the smaller sports that just, they just can't have more sports because you can't afford it Yeah, or whatever. And those are going to go away. You're taking away scholarship opportunities for a lot of athletes. And I don't know, that would be, that would be an incredibly depressing thing to have happen. For me. Agreed. No, agreed. Like it doesn't affect your fandom, but it also does in a weird I mean of all of the almighty nut kicks that Iowa State fans have had to deal with for center for a century now this would by far and away be the biggest one not even like not even close to anything else in a different universe entirely agree agree but if I was taking somehow land ass backwards and can can Kingsbury this thing into the big 10 that could be I mean that could be the that could be the hot wheels track that gets this thing going Iowa State with big 10 money is a different is a different animal you can spend a lot more money on a lot on more coaches, more, better, more recruiting resources. You can spend, keep adding, adding and improving facilities. You can do all sorts of shit with big 10 money. And that's the weird, that's the, that's the, the equilibrium that I would say it's exists in right now is right now at, at exactly as everything is, I would say it is fine. We could keep working on, we'd be good if we could just do exactly what we're doing. But the problem is you, we can't do what we're doing forever. And it, it's, there's a, there's a now a very finite time that they can do that. So what either one, two things can happen. You can either go to the Big Ten or some sort of Pac-12 thing where you can get at least equal money, equal, or if you go to the Big Ten, you get way better, a lot more money. And this this thing takes off like a rocket ship. And all of a sudden now, Iowa State's in a really good spot and can and can actually start cementing itself as a perennial winner, as a perennial 9-10 win type team. Yeah. But if you don't, and you end up in a Big 12 ACC crazy merger thing and you go down to 20 million or 15 million a year, this thing can come crashing down pretty quick. Yeah, agreed. I think a lot of teams. I don't mean to be doom and gloom. No, I get it. It's fine. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap on that because if you can't hear in the background, I got a crying child somewhere about it. Go take she's care. very upset with the situation. She's as well. not. She's not happy about OSU or Iowa State situation. Or she's, not a, she's not a realignment fan. No, not at all. Levi, it's always a pleasure to have on the show. Everybody, go give uh, go check out Wide Right Handed Light, the site that Levi runs, the podcasts, everything there. Uh, Levi, you want to plug your personal Twitter account? It's fine. It's mostly a garbage Twitter account. It's, it's just, it's, L- it's just at, <laughs> yeah, I know it's at Levi R Steph L E V I R S T E V. Um, I don't, I mean, I tweet about, I would say sometimes I've been kind of going off on freaking burn orange nation, but that's kind of on the main account too. I've been, I've been kind of roasting them the last week or two, but just um, leave, just leave Gerald alone. Um, Levi's no, actually been... I'm going to go on his podcast. I think I'm going to be, be on his podcast tomorrow. Right um, all right. Yeah, I like Gerald still. 
not a big fan of Westcott, but that's okay. No, <laughs> not the same thing. Levi, always a pleasure, man. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, bud. Thanks for having me on. Podcast Network.